You're not even halfway into the school year and already it's just not working out for you or your child. It's okay, mama. Take a deep breath. And no, you have other options. I get it. I, too, didn't think there were other options for my family either. But after chatting with Shelly Ross with locally owned Closet Concepts here in Fort Wayne, Indiana, she is the one who initially helped me realize Hubby and I have other options for our three-year-old when it comes to her education. So we just started dipping our toes into the water and exploring all of our education options. I'm looking at Lutheran schools, Catholic schools, Christian schools, public schools. Last episode, I just had a guest on to explore homeschooling. Told you, looking in to all the options, Shelly knew I was on this fact-finding mission, so she introduced me to Katie Slee, the Director of Advancement at Bishop Dwanger, just so I could start to gather all the facts. I know location and finances are always factors when it comes to the education of our kids, but they don't have to be, especially with the recent expansion of Indiana's Choice Scholarship Program. If you are trying to move your child or explore an alternative, Katie is a great resource when it comes to a Catholic school option. The deep dive into education continues right now here on the News Mom podcast. She mops the floor while mopping up D.C. This is News Mom. Shelly, Katie, I'm so excited to bring you both here. You know I've been wanting to bring you in on the News Mom podcast for a while now. But before we really dive into private education for our kids, particularly a Catholic education for our kids. Shelly, I want to spend some time just talking directly to you because at the end of the day, you're the reason why my personal fact-finding mission when it comes to education has spiraled into what it's spiraled into. So I blame you, just so you you know. Um, (laughs) But truly, I think it was, what, maybe six months ago at this time? Yeah. um, You and your husband, John, you own Closet Concepts Mm -hmm. here in Fort Wayne. It's a locally owned business. Yep, small business. Which you all know, I'm a proud supporter of my small business friends. Um, If you have any organization needs, your pantry, your closet, your garage, call them, Closet Concepts. Uh, But you were at my house um, taking some measurements for our, I believe it was our pantry. Yes. um, In a workout room, right? Correct. So you're at my home and you're like, oh, well, what made you move? Because we had just moved a couple of months prior to you being there. And I told you at the time, the main reason for my husband and I moving was so we could be in a different school district. Mm-hmm. And you and I just got to talking like moms do, just really organic conversation about how frustrating it can be to feel like we don't really have a lot of options. And what's interesting, I think, about you is the story that you told me about your kids attending Catholic school here in Fort Wayne, but you yourself didn't grow up a Catholic. I did not. I converted two years after my husband and I got married. And it's been a journey. It's been a long journey. John and I, the same thing. When we moved back to Fort Wayne um, from Indianapolis, we plunked ourselves in Homestead School District because we knew that we were going to raise a family and we wanted to be in a good school district. So we did that. And then kind of the same thing. My neighbor was Catholic and taught in Catholic schools. And so then it's like, well, maybe we should think about it. And coming to learn, you know, it's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll try it for elementary. And then we'll see come junior high, you know, maybe we'll switch over to Woodside or, you know, something like that. And the journey, and I really do feel like the Lord just kept like leading us down this path and increased my faith at the time as well, because you become friends with people who have strong faith and it's a support community that schools really embrace parents being involved in the classroom, which again, just 
you just felt like you were this in this really supportive community. Mm-hmm. Like and a partnership. Just, a partnership, mm-hmm. yeah. And then it, even when it came to high school, then it was like, okay, are we going to decide between, you know, public you know, private, and luckily we have two great options in Catholic schools here in Fort Wayne. I always say that we're blessed to have two Catholic (laughs) high schools, you know, that can reach a ton of people. And, you know, it just basically came down to, for us choosing Bishop Dwenger was kind of selfish because our business is so close to Bishop Dwenger. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and you know, there's little, like insights that you realize after your kids have been through school. So my husband would take them to high school, but we live way south. So he had captured 25, 30 minutes in the car with them every single morning. And the same thing with me, if I would pick them up, I'd have captured time with them in the afternoons for 25, 30 minutes in the afternoon. Hey, how was your day? You know, what's going on at school? You know, how are your relationships? How are your friends? You know? And stuff. So it's just been a really good thing to me. I think it's us as Catholic moms, and Katie knows this. You do kind of feel like your kids in a little bit of a bubble being in Catholic schools, but in this world today, I kind of don't mind the bubble. I kind of really like it. And my kids are all done now, and we're empty nesters. But been feel like we've been truly blessed by Catholic schools. And I just want to let people know that there is another option out there. Not that public school isn't a bad option. I have great Catholic friends who sent their kids to Homestead, and they had a great experience. And I think there, you know, there's you just got to find out what's right for your family, and just know that there are other options out there if your family needs that. That's the key, right? Doing mm-hmm. what's right for your family. Like I think at the end of the day, all of us can agree we all have that same mission. That's that's all our heartbeats, right? right? We want right. to do what's best for our family, whether that's a private school, a public school, micro schooling, homeschooling, whatever that may be. Right. We're all going into it with with the best intentions for our kids. Mm-hmm. I I'm sitting here looking at you telling this story, and I've heard you tell this story before about your kids and and how God kind of led you down this path. But I never did ask you this since. You didn't go, obviously, to a Catholic school growing up yourself. I did not. you converted shortly after marrying your husband. Mm-hmm. Did you have any reservations about sending your kids to Catholic schools? Because this is where <laughs> I'm going to bring Katie into the conversation, too. Because I feel like, no offense, Katie, but there's a lot of myths and stereotypes out there mm-hmm. about not just Catholic schools, but private schools in, in general. I did mean, you have any of those, Shelly, going into oh, it? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, even in just my process of becoming Catholic, um, you know, my family was very against me becoming Catholic, you know, particularly my mom, you know, which I get, you know, there's the Catholic church is not perfect. And for anyone to sit there and think that the Catholic church is perfect or, you know, this, that, and the other thing, it's not because we're all human. Mm -hmm. We're all sinners. We all have faults and, you know, no school is going to be perfect either. But as I've gone through this journey, what I've learned is that Christ is perfect the truth is perfect. God led me in little tidbits. It mm-hmm. wasn't just an overnight, you know, conversion or whatever. It's just been little tidbits of just knowing and trusting and hearing, listening to God's voice and just not be afraid, but just to trust in him. Katie, you are the director of advancement at Bishop Dwanger. And so I think I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you obviously are a Catholic as well. Did you grow up in a Catholic school? 
I did not. I actually, I've lived here for 38 years and in the same school district in Fort Wayne for 38 years, and I went through the public schools there. Um, at that time, Catholic school really wasn't on our radar as far as being able to, to go there for, for various reasons. Um, I had a decent experience. I wouldn't say it was a bad experience at all. Um, but things, as you know, have... Things have changed. Changed. It's been a, it's been a bit. <laughs> been a bit so then what would you say then because you obviously you work you work in bishop dwenger and you are a catholic yes what are some of the stereotypes that you see people coming in with maybe they they book a tour with you Mm -hmm. or what have you uh what stereotypes do you feel like are really prevalent oh my goodness well yeah where to start (laughs) right i mean my number one i think my number one stereotype about about Catholic schools in general, and I shouldn't even say Catholic, I should just say private schools. It's just the cost that they are way out of reach for me financially. That's not true. Um, We have robust scholarship programs. And no, it's not if you come here and play football, you get money. We don't have athletic scholarships. Not That's not how that rolls. That's, I mean, if you want to talk myths, let's, let's get that one off the plate right away. That doesn't sure. happen. That doesn't happen. They're all need-based. And we're very blessed to have a lot of people who, who leave us in their will and in that that kind of experience has mattered to them they've seen their children and grandchildren go through this and maybe it was something that they could never have when they were little and and that's a gift that they want to give somebody else so first and foremost we've been blessed with that we have an incredibly generous community um, secondly as you know the school choice program has been instrumental in in opening so many doors and breaking down barriers leveling that playing field for children who would otherwise not be able to benefit from something like a Catholic school, a Lutheran school, any type of private institution. And as we all know, children learn differently. Mm-hmm. And if that school is best for them, then their money should follow them there. And this this allowed for that kind of an opportunity for those kids. If someone is hesitant to even pursue the direction of a Catholic school, because I think the other... The other stereotype, or at least that I hear people say in my circles, and I'll be honest, I, I mean, I said all the time in this podcast, I'm a Christian, um, and yet I'm pursuing all forms of education for my child. She's three. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm saying nothing is off the table. But with some friends who are, who are kind of like-minded like me, and we bring up the topic of, you know, a Catholic school, because I'm not the only one going mm-hmm. through this exploration, but we've all always kind of wondered, I mean, I've always wondered this myself, just in general, do you have to be a Catholic to attend Catholic school? We absolutely don't force students to become Catholic, and we don't reject students because they're not Catholic. That's that's absolutely inaccurate. But let's just clear up another misconception as well. A lot of people who don't really know anything about Catholicism often don't think that we're Christian, and I'm sure you're going to get an email or two on this one, but Catholics are Christian. Um, <laughs> you want to email her, yes. Bishop Dwanger. Yeah, please, no. <laughs> Thanks. So... Catholics are Christian, and we absolutely welcome all walks of faith. We have students who who might not have any faith at all, who come to us not really knowing anything about it. And those doors are open for them, but they're never forced to walk through them. They, They do participate in theology classes, and they come to Mass, but they aren't required to receive communion or to go through the sacraments in any way. It is available to every single student, but it is not forced on any That's single really one That's really cool. What about, yeah. I know from a lot of the, the Lutheran schools that I've been looking into, there's all this talk, too. You know, if you attend a Lutheran church, I, I can't, don't quote me off this, it's, you know, two mm-hmm. Sundays out of the month, you get, mm-hmm. quote, a discount. Is there mm-hmm. something like that that goes on within Bishop Dwanger? Or? Yes, there is um, an active parishioner rate. So if you're considered an active parishioner and that's subjective to the church, I believe, don't quote me on that, but um, there is an active parishioner rate that is a little bit discounted 
because you are you're active there. You're you're giving of your time and your talent, your treasure to certain parish, and they see that as a value added item. So they want to make your journey through at Catholic education as easy as possible. Something that I think is just really great while we're having this conversation of, and it's something actually, Shelley, that I'm going to hearken back to. It's something that you said, and it really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. The three of us were having lunch. I want to preface yeah. that. I mean, we've all chit-chatted before <laughs> prior to this podcast. Um, but you said, you know, it's so beautiful, Catholics and Christians coming together again for that one common good that, again, we all Abs- want what's best for our kids. Absolutely. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, really preserving the innocence of childhood mm-hmm. and, and growing up and preserving a true education, if you will. Uh, but just to your point, Katie, Catholics being Christians and, and Christians can be Catholics or what what have you. I, th- I think that really is a beautiful thing, Shelley, that you said. And it's synonym, right? It's the same word. Mm-hmm. If you go back in history and time, I mean, Catholic and Christian, it's it's interchangeable. It's the same word. We worship the same God, you know, and throughout my husband and I started dating when we were very young, like eighth grade freshman year in high school so I can remember even in the eighth grade like and I grew up in a church that you know I went to Sunday school and I was told that Catholics were not Christian it was a cult and but anyways um, I remember sitting and talking to my husband and I'm just like well you know you're it's kind of a cult or you know and we started talking about what do we believe and we believe the same thing Mm -hmm. right you know there's always the thing of Mary you know that always gets the Protestants, but we don't worship Mary. You know, we ask for her intercessions. It's no different than me going to Katie or to you and saying, can you pray for me Mm -hmm. to the Lord our God? You know, and um, that's always the biggest hiccup. But even starting in eighth grade, like my husband and I were like, we believe the same thing. And that's when God started opening doors for me and on, on my journey and stuff. And even when we got married, the minister at my church We went through marriage prep with him. We went through marriage prep with um, Father Tim down at St. Bernard's. And, you know, it's just we were talking about the same things, you know, and then both priest and minister wanted to be involved in our wedding. John grew up Catholic. You know, I was close to my minister. So tradition, you get married in the bride's church. Well, the elders in the church at that time, the church that I was going to said, no, priests can't come to be part of the service. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought it was Catholics that were always the ones that said no, mm-hmm. you know, and it was the opposite. And that's what I've learned throughout my whole journey is that I think us as Catholics kind of tend to sit back and just be like, we don't want to push anything on anybody, you know, but the door is always welcoming. That's what I've learned throughout my whole process with Catholic schools and becoming Catholics, that the door is wide open. How do you feel like the Catholic education that your kids, because your kids are older. Mm-hmm. Um, how old are your kids? Just we're all on so the same I'm age. I'm at 23, 22, and 18. All out of high school at this point. Yeah. Do you feel like, or how how did their Catholic education shape them as they went into college? And I know your 23 year old is 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 engaged. I believe, right? She Can we is. share that? On, share that as she engaged. Is. You know, yeah. um, relationships and just. Did you see similar issues, you know, with your kids that your neighbors were dealing with, with with their children receiving other forms of education? Yeah. And I I think it's been more towards um, kids outside of Fort Wayne, Mm -hmm. even, you know, friends in Chicago, you know, just them having to deal with a lot more issues, come to say. And they sent Mm -hmm. their kids to public school, not Catholic school. But then I have kids that, you know, friends that sent their kids to Catholic school in 
the Chicago area. And it just, there's just this grounding aspect. I just feel like my kids, when they went to college, they were kind of grounded and, and rooted in, you know, it's not all about me. Mm-hmm. I think Catholic schools really does teach through service hours and things in our sports programs that it's not all about you. It's about service to others. I have to jump in on that one real quick, if you don't okay. mind. Just as an employee there, I'm just now, I haven't been there long, just starting my third year. One of the best things that I am able to do with a student is is to, to pray with them, to nurture mm-hmm. their spiritual need, and to even discuss this side of it. If I see a student in the hall having a bad day, they all, I mean, they're high schoolers, we're all emotional, right? Start right. of a new school year, mm-hmm. can't get the locker, whatever it is. There have been kids I've encountered in the hallway in tears, and mm-hmm. I'll just have I said, you know what, come with me. And we just go and we sit in the chapel. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to talk to me. You don't have to do anything. Let's just sit together. Here's a tissue, and then we'll pray together. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been blessed to do that. And I, I just love the fact that I get to do it because yeah. we're not ignoring that spiritual aspect of who we are as people. We all have a spirit, we all have mm-hmm. a soul. And education is a beautiful thing, but being able to educate this entire child and to, to fulfill those basic needs for mm-hmm. them and, and really communicate on that other level that's so important, that makes it other-centered. Yeah, I think that's where so much growth happens. And there's that safety net there for those kids that they might not otherwise have. Yeah. You know, that's so true. I never thought of that either. The fact that you're able able to even really truly nurture that because and again I'm not saying public schooling is a bad thing that's very well maybe the route we go with my mm-hmm. child mm-hmm. but you know in a public school it's not like you're able to go take a student off to the side and pray with them I mean that would that would be a no-no you have that ability teachers administrators friends have that ability yes. to kind of nur- nurture mm-hmm. that spiritual growth in that in a much deeper way it yeah. provides excellent connections as well you know the kids that like I said, I'm only in my third year there, but there's kids that have graduated and come back already. And I just, I love the big hugs. Mm-hmm. I love the, how are you doing? And I love that they make it a point to come back. It, it, it's coming home for them. And I love that. And I know kids do that in so many different schools. And I, like Shelly, I'm a product of, of public school. And I like to think I'm okay. It turned out all right. I don't know. That's what I keep trying to tell people. But I'll let you know after I, this podcast thanks. what I really I mean, think. I appreciate it. And, and I had wonderful teachers that I still love to run into today, but Back then, we we got to do some extra off-campus things. And the ones that I connected with then were on a different level. Mm -hmm. It was a little bit more of a spiritual level. They they were advisors for things like Youth for Christ or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I knew it. And I knew they were a safe space for me. And those were the ones that I, I still would come back to even in my mind today thinking I grew most with them. You mentioned um, Shelley's service programs, and I love mm-hmm. that what you said, too, that the, it's not just about me, mm-hmm. you know, this about me mentality, which I could go on and on for days about that, but I won't include yeah. you two in that. Um, <laughs> but Katie, talk to me then. What are these service programs, for example, then at, like, at a Bishop Dwanger? Well, every student is required to complete a certain amount of service hours, and there's different types of service hours that we offer. There's flex hours, and then there's specific hours that we have partnerships with different um, area charities with. Um, that is part of, I know we talked about indoctrination, things like that, but a lot of them aren't even necessarily faith-based organizations. We have great partnerships with places like the Ewell Wilson Center. We love the Ewell Wilson Center. No, it's not a church, but it, it is nurturing through Christ's love. It's not a Catholic organization. That is so cool. I didn't even know y'all did that. Yes. We, we send a bus there. Uh, it's Every week, it's great. We've done that for years. Um, Gigi's Playhouse, not a faith-based organization, but we work mm-hmm. with them all the time. We love having the Gigi's ambassadors come to Bishop Dwanger. We have 
them perform sometimes at games, and it, it you can see mm-hmm. the spirit in the room lift just through their performance, through their joy. We we love working with those kids, those adults as well, and those kinds of things force our kids to look outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. And whatever problems are having, they're having in their life at that time, they're recognizing they can still help somebody else. Yeah. And self-care is important, but self-centered focus is, is often the, the ugly head of, of that. If we focus too much on self-care, we don't want to get down to that point mm-hmm. where it just becomes about us, right? Sometimes self-care is serving others. Girl, you're preaching my language. I said I wouldn't get into it, but I wouldn't do <laughs> oh, that too. Oh, here we but, are. But, <laughs> but, that's, but it's true. In today's true. day and age, at least with a lot of young people, it seems there is such a me, 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 me mentality. And I, I hate that lie. I think it's such an actual a disservice to young kids that it's all about you. Do whatever makes you feel good. It's a lot of pressure. Do, yes. That is so unrealistic. There are times you're going to be unhappy. You're going to be sad. You're going to be mad. You're going to be frustrated. What, what planet are we living living on to tell kids, just do whatever makes you feel good and be happy. I agree with you. I know Gigi's Playhouse. I have seen some of those performances oh, awesome. that you're talking about with the bells and the clapping and the singing. and the things. I mean, that just warms your heart. And like yes. you said, it makes you see outside of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. I do want to get into the nitty gritty of the Indiana School Choice Voucher mm-hmm. Program. Yes. I don't know about you guys. I think it's complicated. I, I think it can be political, although I don't feel like it should be political. But Katie, you're the, you're the one kind of in the thick of it. How how does the school choice voucher program, which by the way has been expanded in the state of Indiana mm-hmm. rather recently, exponentially? I believe back in 2011 when we first had our school voucher, it covered households um, with an income of about forty five thousand mm-hmm. dollars. It's now has just expanded to household incomes of two hundred twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Um, so I know there's a lot of talk about them being used for private versus public. But before we get into sure. kind of all of that. How does it work for Bishop Dwanger? So it works the same way it works for anybody else throughout the state. It's it's a state it's a state law program, so it's it from school to school it's consistent. So what happens essentially is your tax dollars, Kayla, are not paying for my child to go to school. They didn't pay for Shelly's kids to go to school or anybody else's. Your tax dollars follow your own child. That's really the essence of how this works. So depending on what school district you actually live in, you have a certain amount of money that can be applied towards your child's tuition. It's that complicated. Why does it seem like it's become so complicated? Because it's been politicized. Yeah. Just like anything that starts off very noble, yeah. it gets the wrong people's claws in it, and it gets the wrong people talking about it, and different monies behind it and different lobbies, and all of a sudden you have yourself a political well, there, storm. there is, I suppose, on the surface, one could make the argument of uh, the separation of church and state, right? Mm-hmm. One, I suppose, You could make that argument uh, that school voucher dollars shouldn't be used for a, quote, private education. However, I, on the flip side, think, well, again, like you just said, shouldn't my taxpayer dollars, shouldn't I have the choice of where my child and how those dollars are spent for my child's education? To me, that's why it simply should be a bipartisan thing. We should all be able to choose mm-hmm the kind of education our kids receive. It did start as a bipartisan effort back in 1990, and I'll get to that in a moment. However, let's talk about the tax dollar portion of this and what this actually looks like. So Indiana enacted this as law in 2011. Mm -hmm. In 2013-2014, the USCCB did a study because they just wanted to know what this was actually doing to our community and what things looked like. Even a couple years after it was enacted in Indiana and some other states, we now have 32 states that have school choice. Um, I can't speak to what it was at that time. I don't have that statistic in front of me. But 
when this study was done, it still saved the existence of, of private schools still saved taxpayers $21 billion a year because they're still getting the tax money for kids that they weren't even educating. That was just back in, is, I mean, what do you know the numbers today? Is that still the same case? I believe it's done every few years okay. or so, but that it might be every 10 years. So a new one should be coming out here That's soon. staggering. It's staggering. And we don't ever hear that part of it. No, but think <laughs> about it for a second. You know, you, you look at, um, I recently saw Carol is almost at capacity. Yeah. Imagine then yeah. if, if Bishop Dwanger didn't exist, if Concordia Lutheran didn't exist, where would those kids go? Not all of them would be homeschooled. They, a lot of them would go to Carroll. Yeah. A lot of them would go to some of these schools that are busting at the seams. You know, I, I live near Homestead, and I was super excited at first because it looked like they were building an Ikea onto the side of it. It's not an <laughs> Ikea. It's just more school. So I'm driving past this, and obviously there's they're not hurting for kids, mm-hmm. right? So let's say Lures didn't exist. Let's say Dwanger didn't exist. All those kids have to, have, have to go somewhere if Canterbury didn't exist. Where would they go? A lot of them would go to Homestead. And so how how do you pay for that? How do mm-hmm. those tax dollars then come through and educate those kids? That's more busing, more teachers, more facilities. And they got my money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I paid for both. I feel like I do. I paid my taxes. And, you know, the income balance wasn't what it was that we, you know, we never got any voucher at mm-hmm. all. We I feel like we double paid, you know. So, yeah, I mean, the public schools aren't. I'm not sending my kids to public school, but I'm still paying the taxes right, right. for a public school. You're right. You're almost paid double because your kids, yeah. you wouldn't have had the voucher program. Exactly. You know, and essentially, if, if you did, your money is following your kids. It's not Correct. anyone else's money. It's your, it's your credit. And that's why it's broken down the way it is. And, you know, you look at it. And how often do you really get to speak with your tax dollars? How often do you ever get to say, I want my tax dollars to go to something that matters to me and this is where I want them to go? We don't get that opportunity very much. So let's take the ones we've got. And I honestly believe competition is great, right? I think it makes everybody better. You know, us at Catholic schools, we have to compete in Mm -hmm. order to get kids to want to come to Catholic school. And well, like we were talking before, finding common ground, you know, public school is not the enemy here. Private school is not the enemy. They're not the enemy. but, But at the same time. Public schools, I think, should be held a little bit accountable. Oh, I couldn't agree with right? more, more with that statement. But to, to your your point, Katie, it, it's, it shouldn't be a us versus them mentality or vice versa, right? Exactly. It shouldn't be public versus private. However, and I can't speak for all the other states that have school choice, mm-hmm. it does seem like with this recent expansion of the, the voucher program, at least here in northeast Indiana, it does feel like it's kind of become an us versus them mentality. And I'm hoping you can explain to us today why that is, because all of a sudden it does it does kind of feel like public schools are attacking private schools, not just Catholic schools, but just private, private schools, schools in general of, oh, geez, we've expanded and now everyone's going to private school. I'm kind of with you, Shelley, and we're like, well, sorry, we just bred a little competition here. Yeah. And we're trying to attract students and families to its best for them. But why is that, Katie? Do we know why that is? Well, I just think you take a look at the headlines. And there was a recent headline in Fort Wayne. It was very unfortunate, in fact, that we are under attack, was Mm -hmm. the quote from a a local superintendent. Well, first of all, putting attack in a headline about schools is distasteful, to say the least. But let's bring it back also to who's really under attack here, because... A follow-up article was $170 million expansion. So your $170 million tells me otherwise. And I think it's, it's our 
our kids are honestly under attack. Mm -hmm. That's who's under attack. We have outside influences. Our kids are getting bombarded through social media and everything every second of every day. And, you know, kids being able to wear furries to school and, and things like that. And we're dealing with feelings a lot of times instead of reality. And that's where I think the service aspect of Catholic schools, you get outside of yourself. I think the one best way, I forget which saint or priest said it, you know, the best, the one best way to lift yourself up is to help somebody else. Amen. I just heard the best quote, um, Colonel Greg Gatson, he served in the army. He's a Purple Heart recipient. Uh, had both of his legs legs blown off in a convoy, but he said the exact same thing to that effect, Shelley. He said, if you are blessing people, you mm-hmm. are blessed, which is, yeah. I think, pretty much what you're saying. And exactly. what, what a lost concept in today's day and age. It is. And honestly, the public school that I grew up in, we had teachers that were Christian and mm-hmm. coaches that were Christian, and we would pray together. And it's just this, this moral base that you just didn't veer outside of. And I, I feel like the lane has just been widened for these kids. And it's just like, you need guardrails. Yeah. Especially when you're young and being influenced. Guardrails are a good thing. Boundaries and expectations. expectations. So important. I do think though, you know, when we're talking about the attacks and everything, what we always seem to lose sight of when something gets politicized is that we, we struggle then to find common ground. And what I would really prefer people to see whether you are a public school educator, a private school educator, a parent, whatever you are, we are all in this together. What is our objective? Mm-hmm. We want to better these kids. If that's not our objective, we don't. We should not be in this business. That should absolutely be our objective, number one. Number two, the question is how do we get there? Mm-hmm. And if we get there because some kid who can't otherwise afford a smaller school or specialized attention in a certain area, if they can get this kind of service, whether it's a Lutheran school, whether it's a, a if we had a Jewish school in town, what, whatever it is. Yeah, why should it matter? It yeah. shouldn't matter. Yeah. It shouldn't matter at all. If, if there's no faith attached to the school, they should be able to have those opportunities. What about Katie and, and Shelly? Maybe you saw this with some of your kids. I realize they're a little bit older and I don't know. I do think there's also this, um, this I don't know if it's a myth or not, because I don't, I don't know, but this idea that some of the stuff that does go on in public schools, whether it be talks about identities or certain talk mm-hmm. about furries or whatever it might be, does stuff like that happen in private schools? I can't speak to every school. I haven't seen that. I think our great blessing is uniforms, to be very honest. Oh, amen um, to that. <laughs> I, as, as a mom and as an administrator, I am thrilled to a lot of that out. with it. Yeah. Out all those things. I remember crying in Coles with my mm-hmm. mom in high school. Because I, I couldn't wear the same things that I wanted to wear. She didn't want me to wear it. Mm-hmm. Um, it cuts out all those problems. And the argument a lot of people make, and we've talked about this before, but the argument they, people make is, well, what about their individuality? Mm-hmm. They can't showcase their individuality. Well, God forbid we just look at their personality instead. Right. 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 <laughs> you know, Another this gives point. an opportunity to showcase a to personality get to rather than a label yeah. or a style. This is who who are you? I see kids that would never have been friends otherwise that because they don't dress alike or anything like that, they, they see the value in one another and they're dear friends. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I am a I went to a public school growing up, too. 
we did not have uniforms, but I'm a big fan of them. Aside from feeling like I have nothing to wear when you have a closet full of clothes to wear. But aside from that, in all honesty, growing up, it broke my heart. It still to this day breaks my heart when you've got little Jimmy being picked on because he doesn't have the latest and greatest sneakers. So, I, again, I go, I go back to I actually think it's a disservice for kids who don't have uniforms. For that very reason. I mean, it's such a blessing in so many ways. I mean, so many ways. I have a freshman daughter this year. I'm like, here you go. Here's your polo. (laughs) Go crazy. Exactly. (laughs) And selfishly, as a parent, I just, I loved it. Oh, I think it would be a dream as a parent. Again, my my child's three. Haven't had to really embark on that territory yet because she lets us just dress her in the morning Mm -hmm. with whatever outfit I lay out. And kids have opportunities to wear, you know, outfits to football games and stuff like that. It's not like our kids watch walk or march around in uniforms you're there to be educated it's not a fashion show i don't know that's i still maintain that same same with that work i mean we have a a policy here like we can't wear flip-flops for example and i remember Mm -hmm. when they uh, launched that policy at fedmed a couple years ago everyone threw a fit and i'm like does that really impact your work and your you know your Mm -hmm. ability to perform in this business if you can't wear flip-flops no that's ridiculous just don't wear your flip-flops to work i I don't know to me it's like lost on me why it's such a big deal um really quick i want to go back to the the school vouchers because i I want people to know if they want to apply for them because again they've been if you haven't heard i mean wildly expanded in the state of indiana you can go on to the indiana department of education's website any questions you might have how to apply if your school takes vouchers whatnot it's all right there online so i want people to know that but how much does it cost for tuition without a voucher bishop dwinger without a voucher it's roughly ten thousand dollars a year a year okay Mm -hmm. but with a school voucher potentially which covers quite a large percentage i believe also of private education we're talking that gets cut like by like 50 60 70 percent right correct yes depending on the district you live in right that application would go through and and take care of a majority of your tuition we then have the sgo that you can apply for which the minimum award for an sgo is 500 dollars. what's an sgo It's, it's the scholarship granting organization the sgo helps bridge that gap And then we also have additional scholarships. Most private schools have additional scholarships that you can apply to that are largely need-based. See, I really want people to hear this because going back to Shelly, from you and I talking six months ago, which again is how I met Katie to begin with, through you, it just opened my eyes to, oh my gosh, I have other options. You do. Beside the school in my backyard. I think that was our main goal for doing this. Yeah. Just to let people know they have other options. Whether it be a Lutheran school, a Catholic school, a Christian school, homeschooling. That's kind of a separate, kind of different conversation. Go back yeah. to my previous podcast for that one. But but my, I think when it comes to education, finances, it's always a huge topic. Location, obviously, that, that's mm-hmm. a factor as well. But I feel like, at least here in the state of Indiana, our state legislature doing it right with this new ruling, they've kind of taken finances off the table to, to some degree. And I'm not saying for every home, but I believe it's like 97% of the folks in the state of Indiana, it's now opened up this yeah. new, brand new world, essentially, for education mm-hmm. to them. And I just think it's so important for not just moms, but any parent to know that these other options are out there. And that's why it started to begin with. So back in 1990, It was piloted by the Milwaukee public school system. And the big champion of the time for the program was a civil rights leader and the Milwaukee public school superintendent, who is still alive today and still champions for for school choice, um, particularly as a civil rights measure. Hmm. I did not know that. So, okay, we kind of touched on this earlier and you said you were going to get to it, but we didn't. I don't think we got to it then. Why has something that started out as bipartisan, at least here in Indiana back in 2011, 
Why, where, when, how did it become such a partisan thing? I think it's just that frog in the pot concept that the us versus them and a you versus me and it doesn't have to be that way i wish it wasn't approached that way i mm-hmm. wish it was approached through the lens of what's best for our children yeah and if we can just start that conversation about what is in fact best for my child what's best for my child might be the school right down the street whatever it looks like it could be mm-hmm. the public school it could be homeschooling my sister-in-law homeschools and she does an amazing job i can't do it mm-hmm. i tried for one semester it it was a oh you did i did i did i did Good for you. I, I, I know I, I called the it. school Our Lady of the Vineyard because by the <laughs> afternoon I just wanted to hit the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it, it was rough. At least you're honest about I it. I tried. Yeah. And, you know? Well, what it really it was a shot to my ego because I found out my kids were smarter than I was. Mm-hmm. So I just had to send them off. <laughs> like, well, you know what? You're done here. But to your, I, I want to harken back to something that I learned from uh, Kristen Bazance. She was uh, the individual I had on during the last podcast talking about homeschooling Mm -hmm. because I said these these past couple episodes have been very um, self-serving as I'm exploring these options for my for my own child but she said something kind of along those lines Katie she said whatever route you choose whether that is homeschooling or micro schooling unschooling there's all Mm -hmm. these things out there now you know private public education whatever it might be you can't just send your kid off and count on the private school the public school to educate your child. Amen to that. You have to be involved in their education. You can't just rely. No, this on your, is a partnership. Yeah, Your school should exactly. be an extension of who you are as a parent. Who knows your child better than you? Mm-hmm. Like, who knows what they need better than you and how to support them and nurture them better than you? So it is an absolute partnership. All you parents out there, get involved in your kid's school if yeah. you're not already. Don't, don't get involved in like a... A nasty way, but you know, get involved in, in an encouraging way. And each kid is different too. My brother has homeschooled two kids, but their third child they've sent off to school, you know, because of her personality mm-hmm. and who uniquely she is. So sh- she needs to be in a classroom setting and in an environment. I know um, one of my best friends, I mean, they had sent one to Lures, they sent two to Homestead, and they sent one to Bishop Dwanger. I mean, it's just what fits that kid the best. Bishop Dwanger, just so we're clear, because I'm making sure I have my geography right, you're within the Fort Wayne Community Schools District here in Indiana, right? So one more time, if folks wanted to learn more about Bishop Dwanger specifically, because I know you can't speak necessarily to other Catholic schools, um, how can people find you, get a hold of you, whether it just be a question or a tour or I, I don't know, whatever oh, it might just be. Just call the school, email through their website, um, email through our, so- or not email through social media, but contact us through social media. We're everywhere, you know, yeah. just just quick little Google search and, and reach out. We would love to, to give you a tour of our beautiful school and we have the best staff and faculty, if I do say so myself. <laughs> we would love that. And and I know that that's the case for any of those other schools out there. I know, mm-hmm. you know, Concordia's do, done a great job with their enrollment lately. Blackhawk Christian, they've got a lot of expansion options going on. I just had lunch yesterday with uh, Kristen Swoltman mm-hmm. from, from Bishop Lures, and they are ready to welcome you with open arms. You know, get in there. Just find out your options. Take all the tours. Mm-hmm. You know, this is about choice, so make it about choice. Really know what you're actually choosing. I wish that other, and I'm not saying all, but I wish other individuals within education kind of had that mentality. Because I truly, from the day I met you, I, I realized that was your heartbeat. This isn't a Bishop Dwanger thing. You no, have to go to a Catholic no, school. It's, like, no, it's not your heartbeat. on a waiting list. Yeah, exactly. That's the idea. We are here to serve one another. We, it goes back to that. We exist to serve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And we don't exist to just serve us. I, I'm not just here for... Yes, I do operate on behalf of Bishop Dwanger, and I am a little biased, but if that's not best as for As you your should kid, be, though, as right? As I should right? be, I mean, right? As I should be. <laughs> I'm biased to WoWo Radio because I work there, right? I'm not biased. It's the best it's radio, the best station, radio station. station. And exactly. I would say we are, you know, we're the best school in Fort Wayne. But that's also subjective for you. Exactly. Yep. And I have three kids that, you know, went through Dwanger, and I can say without a doubt, they were very well prepared for college. You know, the college studies and, you know, one went to Butler. She felt very prepared for the rigorous, you know, she went through the school of pharmacy and, and, you know, medicine program with that. She's now working for us now, but she felt very, very prepared. And, you know, other daughter went to Oakland up in um, Detroit. Again, she graduated with honors. So now the third one's off to school and you know, knock on wood. He They've all good. been really successful. They, they really they, have been. They have been. And I have to attribute that to mm-hmm. Dwanger and Catholic schools. And, you know, you can you can attribute it to you and John. Your too. partnership yeah. with yes. them. As yeah. Well. Yes. And, you know, but also the Catholic schools made it welcoming for us to be visible there. You know, we had an opportunity, you know, to be visible and present with our kids at school. It's a family I told this, affair. It is. I think I told the story when we were at lunch that when our son finished up his senior year of football and you go into the chapel and you have one last mass through the football program and the boys are in there and they're singing and they're singing at the top of their lungs. Just all these young men. I mean, you sit in the back of that chapel mm-hmm. with goosebumps as a parent and just feel so blessed that they not only one have this brotherhood and you know the basketball team did it as well but as his parents were able to be at that football one and it was just incredible to see these boys at the end of their career at school and sing at the top of their lungs and not feel ashamed or afraid and just these young men it's just like I said just gives you goosebumps my husband said something really profound because we were talking about the Catholic school option just around the dinner table recently. And he said, you know, Kayla, he said, what would you rather? He goes, would you rather our daughter coming home and asking, he said this, and asking about furries, right? <laughs> yeah. Or would you rather our daughter coming home asking about the seven sacraments? Yeah. And I thought, well, gee, that, that's a good way to put it. And yeah. at the end of the day, I can't rely on whatever school it is to solely educate our child, nor should anybody, nor should anyone rely on the public school, private school, whatever it might be, to solely educate their children. On that note, really quick, Katie, too, how is there a difference or how what is the difference between how you get your funding and how a public school gets funding? <laughs> Did you not want me to ask that, that question? That is my whole job, Kayla. <laughs> That's why my job exists. So as you know, Tuition only covers part of it. Right. It costs more to actually educate a child than than tuition can can take care of. So that's where I step in. I do all the fundraising there. I do all the events there. We we run Saints Alive, which we're super proud of. It's a wonderful, incredible, uplifting night. I have my my little staff back there, my hardworking group of ladies who can um, who serve and sacrifice and make things happen for our students. And it's it's because of incredible. Donors, incredible gifts, and, and a lot of hard work. I, I don't get to pass a referendum and see cash rain from the sky and yep. then put in a $170 million expansion. We, we claw for everything we've got. And 
we're getting ready to, to make some updates to our stadium, which we're really excited about that hopefully um, do some really good things for us. We had a, a local businessman who sent his kids through Bishop Dwinger and said, hey, what do you need to generate some more revenue for athletics? Because believe it or not, even though we're a top 10 athletics school, we're in the red every year because it is so expensive and we don't get any of that funding whatsoever. So we're trying really hard to, to bring in some additional funding for our athletics program. So he's um, made some adjustments to our stadium, fully funded some of these operatives for us so I can start getting some more ad revenue wow. in. And it's just people who believe in our mission, who believe in what the school has done for their children. and have decided to, to continue that spirit of sacrificial giving, whether it's a lot of money, whether it's a little time, whatever it is. We we have grandmas that come back and, and stuff envelopes and invitations for us, and we drink coffee and eat pastries together and talk and pray, and it's, it is this beautiful family community atmosphere. So while it is a little bit of a double-edged sword, we don't just get that cash. We get so much more. Mm-hmm. We get this community mm-hmm. that we wouldn't otherwise have if it was just strictly publicly funded. And if that's not an endorsement, I don't know what is. Like a, like a, a local businessman saying, coming back, hey, what do you need, Katie? Yes. What do you need? How can I support you and, and service the school? I mean, it doesn't really get any better than that. Are there any events that we need to be aware of coming up? We are so excited to be celebrating our 60th anniversary this wow. year. So keep checking our website because we are adding things all the time. We are we're bringing back powder puff to the <laughs> love it. The groans of the staff. No, they were <laughs> making them all sign is. a contract that they're going to behave themselves, <laughs> and and they will because they're great kids. But um, we're bringing back a whole bunch of fun things. We want to bring back the bonfire. We're going to try really mm-hmm. hard to get clearance to do that. Um, our homecoming against Homestead is going to be just a party. And I really, I encourage the Homestead community to come out. We're in a food trucks. We we welcome you I as love family. that. That's great. You're inviting yeah. the Homestead community I, I, to it, I too. I want you to come. <laughs> yeah. Um, please. It's a lot of our friends. celebrate with us. We, <laughs> love, we live there. You know, <laughs> it's my neighbor. Exactly. exactly. So we want you to come and and celebrate alongside us and, and come see what we have to offer. If things aren't working out for you where you are, Come see what we have to offer. And and if you're going to accept or reject something, accept it or reject it based on what it really is and not what other preconceptions are. I think that's that, that's the yeah. main the main part of the story here. Catholics, Christians, non-Catholics, non-Christians coming together, joining forces again for the betterment. People of for our kids. Our kids. Yeah, people yes. for our kids. Oh, that's a good note to end on. Katie, Shelley, yeah. I appreciate you both coming in studio. Thank you Thanks for your for time. Having us. When it comes to my takeaways, and I've got a couple of them for this episode, these are not reflective of Katie or Shelly. These are my takeaways. I have to throw that disclaimer out there these days. But I think the big one really, I mean, aside from the fact that you have options when it comes to the education of your child, it's really what we've been hammering on. It seems like through this whole episode, you know, a lot of times people these days, especially our young people, have this false mentality of me, 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 me. It's all about self-love. It's all about self-empowerment, doing whatever makes us feel good on the inside. What I mean, just take a quick glance at the good book here in 2 Timothy 3. It says in the end times, people will be lovers of self. And we're not talking in a good way here. Take a listen. It says, but understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of self. Lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good. And yet we spend so much time, we're so self-absorbed, we try to prove to ourselves that we are enough. 
We, we spend so much time trying to convince ourselves of this lie and it drains us. It's exhausting. It makes us cranky. It makes us hate ourselves. But when I heard Katie and Shelley both talk about Bishop Dwanger just being driven by this mentality of what I can do for you, that about stopped me dead in my tracks because we're not enough and that's okay. Christ is our sufficiency. I I love Allie Beth Stuckley, if you know who she is. Um, She's got great podcasts out there on this. But that's what she always says, and her message has always stuck with me. Christ is our sufficiency. If we were enough, we wouldn't need our Lord and Savior, right? Because we are insufficient. And trying to pretend that we're anything else, like I said, it's just exhausting. It's going to lead to depression, anxiety, self-loathing, suicide. It is not all about me. And when it comes to these service programs, for example, at Bishop Dwanger, I mean, what a concept. I actually want to apply this other big takeaway that I did mention that I heard from the last episode's guest, Katie Bizantz on homeschooling. Um, And I just want to reiterate this one that she said, you know, no matter where your child is getting an education at home, online, in a public setting or private setting, you know, it really doesn't matter. You should not be relying solely on that, quote, schooling to educate your child. Yes, it's a partnership. I I love the way that Katie put it in this episode. It is a partnership. To me, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's even so much more than that when it comes at least to the education of your child. Um, I'm a food person, so I kind of view it like this. You know, you educating your child, that's got to be the meat of the meal, right? It's got to be a thick, big, juicy cut of prime rib. You educating your child. The rest what they learn in whatever form of schooling they're receiving, so whatever they learn in school, that's just a side dish. That's the potatoes or the asparagus. But even though it's a side dish, it's still vitally important. You, you still don't want your kids eating Skittles with their prime rib. You still want those side dishes to be nourishing, to work well with the prime rib, to pair well with the prime rib. No one knows your child better than you. No one knows how to feed your child spiritually, mentally, emotionally better than you. In today's day and age, I truly believe deep down in my gut that at the very least, my own child needs to be getting a faith-based education. And at the very least, all of our children should be on a faith-based waiting list. Don't forget the Indiana Choice Scholarship Program applications are actually still open. They are open for the state of Indiana through September 1st, 2023. If you are not from Indiana, I highly encourage you. About half the states in the country right now have these scholarship voucher programs. I would encourage you to seek out yours, seek out what your state is actively doing to try and expand education options for our kids. This is it, guys. If you have been enjoying the News Mom podcast, sadly, this is the last episode of this season, but not to worry. I'll be back in the fall with more News Mom content for you. If you've missed previous episodes, you can download the News Mom podcast anywhere you download a podcast. Click, subscribe, like, give me a five-star rating. That's the best thing you can do for me. Um, I will be back, like I said, in the fall. And so if you subscribe to this News Mom podcast right now, you will be alerted the very second I return in the fall uh, for season two. I already have so many moms lined up for season two. We're going to continue our education theme, yes. We're also going to dive into fitness moms, construction moms, moms who have children with uh, special needs and how their journeys have been. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So I hope you join me coming up in the fall for season two of the News Mom podcast. 
She roasts a turkey while roasting lawmakers. This is News Mom.